Alright, well go ahead and take your Bibles and go to Proverbs chapter 7 tonight. Proverbs chapter 7. And we're probably going to go through this, we're going to read through this whole chapter. I'm not going to read it all at once right now, we're just going to kind of read it as we go. But this is a really good chapter in the Bible. What I want to talk tonight, I want to talk tonight about protecting the simple. Okay, The term simple, you see that used quite a bit. In the Bible, and a lot of times, if you tell somebody they're simple, uh, it can be used as an insult sometimes. But really, there's nothing wrong with being simple, I guess, especially when you're young. Okay, you know, young people are just naturally going to be simple, aren't they? There's just some things you're not going to know about. None of us in here know everything. All of us are simple in certain areas, and there are some areas we should be simple in. But you know, young people, especially. They're going to be simple when it comes to life, when it comes to experience. And uh, it's only a matter of time and they're going to be facing some real challenges and they're going to be have some major temptations that come up in front of them and they need to know how to handle it. They, we, and as parents, it's up to us to prepare them for these things. And I want to talk about protecting the simple. I believe our young people are simple. And even, uh, you know, there's a lot of adults today that are simple. Unfortunately, um, there are just certain things when it, about life that are not being taught. Just certain common sense things that are not being taught. And now we have people you know, in their 20s and 30s and literally they know nothing about life. Their lives are miserable. They've got all these problems because of sin. And you and I, we look at these things and you've been taught the Bible all your life and you're like, you know, how do these people not know this? And They've never been taught the Bible. They have no idea. And so Proverbs chapter 7, I want us to look at some things here that I think will be a help to us tonight. But it says, My son, verse 1, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live, and my law as the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. Now I want you to notice first off here that here we see a father talking to his son. Unfortunately, many parents, they don't talk to their kids these days. There is very little communication that goes on in the household. And especially when their kids get to the teenage years. All of a sudden, there's, just, there's no talking. There's no communication. There's no, uh, you know, there's no you know, families, they don't sit down and have dinner anymore. You know, they don't talk to each other. No communication. Their kids, they get so involved in every, you know, you know, sports or whatever, all these after school activities. And they're literally never home. And you've got teenage, you know, young people these days too, you know, physically they turn into adults so young. And you literally have, you know, these adult bodies out there in the, with little kid minds. And they have no clue how to operate in the world. They have not been taught anything. They just go along with whatever. And just the levels of depravity that you see sometimes in young people. It's just its so disturbing. You think, how did this happen? And even the world knows a big part of the problem is parents just aren't involved. You know, when you go and you watch the news and you see all these young people, you know, out doing all these riots, and you may, maybe you've seen some of the videos of these flash mobs, that, as they call them, that go into these stores and kids will just start stealing things, they'll start fighting with people, and you watch this, 
And everybody's always saying, where are the parents? Where are the parents? And you know what? That's a good question. Where are the parents? Some of you might have seen, I forgot which conflict it was. It was one of these protests or things that were going on over one of these police shootings. And somebody captured on video some mom just beating the tar out of her teenage son. I mean, she's grabbing him. She's just whacking him, just going to town on him. And it was so funny because, you know, everybody was talking about, you know, what a great mom she was and talking about giving her mom of the year. And at the same time, it was like, as much as I appreciated seeing that mom, you know, beat on her son like that, I was thinking, you know, she wasn't doing too good if he was out there with that crowd in the first place. But anyway, you know, there needs to be communication. There needs to be talking. That kind of thing used to happen. And notice all these things he says here too. Back in Exodus or Deuteronomy, you know, you'll see where uh, he talked about, you know, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. You know, and it talks about uh, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. And there's also it talks about, you know, uh, talking about the things of God, talking about the law of God when you sit down in your house, when you rise up, when you're walking by the wayside. We are supposed to be talking about the Bible. I mean, the Bible ought to be a regular conversation piece that goes on in your house. And unfortunately, it's not. People have no idea what the Bible says. And he's telling them here, he's telling them, you know, keep my commandments and live. You bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the table of thine heart. If you'll do these things, it's going to protect you from the strange woman. Hey, Solomon, I think he knew as well as anybody, you know, the temptation that comes from the strange woman. We see strange women are what brought Solomon down. And I don't know at what point Solomon in his life wrote these Proverbs. I don't know if he wrote this after he got in trouble with the strange women or before. Maybe he knew because he was dealing with the temptation. We don't know for sure. But we do tell, see here, he's telling you if you know these things, it will protect you from the strange woman. And one thing that we need to do with young people is just literally saturate them in the Word of God. They need to be around it all the time. You need to be talking about it in your house. And you, you need to have them in church in the house of God. You know, I'm thankful we have King's Kids going on right now and the kids are memorizing verses. When, when you're young, that's when it's the easiest to memorize. I used to be able to memorize verses so fast and now it takes a lot longer. But them kids, man, they soak it up. They soak that up and that is so good. I mean, you have no idea how important that is to have your kids memorizing Scripture, to have them be around Scripture from a young age. You know, just yesterday at this youth conference we were at, this preacher, he's up there and he was talking about this whole dating and courtship thing. And he was, you know, revealing all these things that you could, I could tell was a shock to many of the teenagers there. You know, like you shouldn't touch girls that you're not married to. What? <laughs> you know, and, you know, and he's talking about, you know, he's talking about even holding hands, putting your arm around them. You don't do that. And all these kids are just shocked. But he showed right there in the Bible where it says it's good for a man not to touch a woman. You know, this is something you you only touch your wife and not even the one that's going to be your wife because what if something happens, you guys break up and she's not. doesn't become your wife. If she, That means she's somebody else's future wife. And just, you know, thankfully I was taught that from a very young age. I remember I was at a youth conference one time and the preacher got up there. And this youth conference too, it was a pretty liberal group I guess, and you could tell because this preacher, he got up there, and not the preacher obviously wasn't liberal, but he was preaching, and he 
revealed to all these teenagers that him and his wife had their first kiss at the marriage altar. And you hear all these kids, <gasps> they, just, they all gasped. Are you crazy? You know, and I remember sitting there thinking, well, that's, not, that's what my parents told me. They, they told me, you're not going to go around kissing girls until you get married. And you know, But they had never heard that before. And they were all shocked and blown away. And it's like, you know, these kids are all from churches. They're all from youth groups and churches. Are they not teaching this in their church? Are their parents not teaching them these things? And the truth is, no, they're not. They're not teaching them these things. And we've got to do it. Saturate them in the Word of God. In Psalms 19, verse 7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. You see, young people, they're going to look at that, things, you know, hear preaching like that and think, you know, they're, that's crazy. There's something wrong. But if you show them what the Word of God says, they learn the Word of God, it'll help them understand. It will make wise the simple. They're not just going to naturally get it. Young people these days, I mean, you can watch kids' shows. I mean, they will have kids' shows and there's like 11, 12-year-old kids on there and he likes some girl on there and they'll share a kiss on the movie. 12-year-old kids. And kids, they see that stuff all the time on television and it seems completely normal. It's portrayed as so innocent and so cute and so wonderful. And then you hear you, you try to teach something like it's good for a man not to touch a woman, and they're they're shocked. They're blown away. They have no idea. You know why? Because they're simple, and Hollywood's helping keep them simple, and the world's helping keep them simple. And the word of God, it will make wise the simple. And that's why we've got to train them in the word of God. You know, if you teach your boys that they are not to touch a woman until they get married, that they're not to touch any woman until it is their wife, till they have said, I do, then it's going to be a lot, a lot of these other things the Bible teach are going to make a lot of sense. Things like you shouldn't date until you're old enough to get married. What? I mean, you got kids these days too, they're not even in junior high and they're talking about their boyfriend and girlfriend. And I'm telling you right now, there is no reason to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend when you are not able to get married. Why? You're just asking for temptation, aren't you? If you're not allowed to touch a woman until you get married, why would you bring that temptation in when you're 13, 14, or even 17 and 18 years old? Why would you do that? Because you know what? The guy and girl attraction... Completely normal, isn't it? It's completely normal. And you know, it's kind of like magnets. You know, magnets, they're attracted to each other, right? And you can keep them far apart and it's okay, but the closer they get, you know, you can start feeling that pull, right? And you get them dating and they're around each other all the time and getting closer all the time and before long, you're in trouble. And if they are not even close to being able to get married, why would you do that? Why would you put them in that situation? When are they old enough to get married? Well, First of all, can that guy provide for that girl? If he can't do that, then what are they doing thinking about getting married? He can't take care of her yet. He, and, you know, and, and I'm not wanting to talk about that a whole lot tonight, but I'm just saying we are throwing our kids right into temptation when it comes to the dating thing that's going on. And it's ridiculous, and we ought to know better than that. But, unfortunately, people don't because they don't know the Word of God. They don't know what the Bible says. And it is important to keep you 
from the strange woman. And so Solomon, he's given a warning about the strange woman. And I believe there's, there's a lot of things we can look at. I think the strange woman in the Bible kind of represents false religion. In 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 1, we see what brought about Solomon's fall is he loved many strange women. Okay? He had this attraction to women that were... And when the Bible talks about strange women... Okay, I see a lot of strange women around this area, uh, don't you? You know, they're they're kind of weird, uh, but it doesn't mean like weird. It means foreign. Okay, these were women that were from other countries, and uh, you know, I, I don't know, brother Pete, you married a woman that was from another country, but uh, <laughs> once again, back in the Bible days, if someone was from another country, chances were they were worshiping another god, weren't they? And that was the problem. We have the book of Acts now. We're all one blood. We see that. And so that's okay. You didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> but um, in the Bible days, though, that's, that was what it meant. If they were from another nation, they weren't serving the true God. And then whenever they would go and they would marry people from those other nations who followed those other gods, they would get them worshiping their gods. And isn't that exactly what happened to Solomon? He went and he started serving their gods. He built groves and high places for those gods I mean, just absolutely ridiculous. And so, uh, you know, it's we need to learn how to avoid those temptations. And young people, they're just naturally fascinated with things that are different. They are. They're just they're curious, aren't they, about things that are unknown. Young people too. They just kind of it's like they naturally want to rebel, so they can feel like they're their own person doing their own thing. You know, it's like, oh, I, you know, I can't. My parents tell me what to do. And it's like, you know, where do they get that? Once again, that's probably a little more Hollywood brainwashing and stuff that goes on. You know, you see that all the time on TV. And then parents, they watch these kids rebelling on TV all the time. And they think it's completely normal when their kids are rebelling. They see all the back talk and stuff going on. And you know what? When you watch TV too, who usually ends up being the dumb one? And who usually ends up being the one that's wrong? Exactly. Even on Leave it to Beaver. I mean, okay, you know, Leave It to Beaver. I don't know if you have any Leave It to Beaver fans, but Beaver was always getting in trouble, wasn't he? He would always he wouldn't listen to his parents. He would get in trouble, and every time he got in trouble, you know whose fault it always was? It was always Ward's fault, wasn't it? I mean, every time it ended up being Ward's fault somehow. And we, you know, we watch a show, and I'll just, just laugh and be like, "How did it end up being Ward's fault all the time? He told him not to do something. He went and did it anyway, and it was always his fault." And you know what? We've picked, you know, America's picked up on that. And parents are the dumb, they, you know, they, they think we're the dumb ones. The kids are right. And you know what? That's not the case. The parents are the smart ones. The kids are the dumb ones. All right? You know, all the parents should say amen right now. <laughs> but but it, it's true. They're, and, you know, and it's not even that they're dumb, they're simple. Okay? They don't understand. They've not lived life. They've not experienced things. They don't know. What's out there? They they're completely innocent, and this, so this is nothing bad about young people. As parents, we need to try to protect them. And Solomon here, he's trying to protect his son, and he's giving him commandments. He's telling him, you know, you need to hang on to these things. And as parents, we would do our children a great service if we could make sure they know the Word of God, because the Word of God, the testimony of the Lord, is sure making wise the simple. We could, it could make our simple children wise. The Bible does that, and that is a wonderful thing about. It. And so, you know, uh, look at verse six. Look at verse six, and it says, "For at the window of my house, I looked 
through my casement and beheld among the simple ones. Okay? Now, remember, now I know Solomon was very wise. He was the wisest man that ever lived. But yet, I don't think this is something that uh, this ability was exclusive to Solomon. I think most of us in here, especially adults and especially the uh, those who are the elderly ones in here, would probably really be good at this. I mean, you you could you could outdo any of us on this stuff because you've lived life longer, you've seen more, you have more experience. I think probably any of us could do this, but he went and he beheld among the simple ones. And I love how it says, I beheld among the simple ones. What was he talking about? Maybe he was talking about, you know, it was a group of young people. And, you know, it's a safe thing to assume that young people are simple, okay? He might have just thought, hey, these are youth, these are young, they're in their teenage years, or maybe they're in their early adult years. They are simple. Okay, you just got to assume that with your kids. We all like to think our kids are special, and your kids are special. You know, we all like to think our kids are just exceptionally smart and all these things. But you know what? No matter what, they're still children, and they are simple in certain areas. They don't have your experience. They don't have your understanding of everything yet. They're not supposed to have. They have not lived your life. You have. They have not seen the things that you've seen. But he's looking at them. Maybe it was their youth that made him think they were simple. Maybe it was their behavior. Have you ever seen a group of teenagers sometime the way they act? I mean, I see this stuff. I see this stuff sometimes too, and not all of it's bad. You know, I was a teenager once. I remember, you know, acting like an idiot and just, you know, goofing off and being weird. I remember all that stuff. You know, yesterday we were at a youth conference. There was hundreds of teenagers there, and I saw some, uh, you know, interesting behavior amongst teens, and and I thought it was funny. Uh, when I get around a bunch of teens. I sometimes start acting like them. You know, I get kind of weird. We were singing, uh, uh, what, were, what were we singing yesterday? <laughs> yesterday I, I had everybody laughing. They were singing a song and they were looking for people who were singing the loudest. And whoever was singing the loudest, uh, they were going to be like giving out a save, uh, $10 gift card. And I think we were singing, uh, what was it, Saved by the Blood? Yeah, it was Saved by the Blood. And man, the guy come walking by and he's got that gift card. And so man, when it got to the chorus, the Saved, I just... I'm not even going to repeat it. I think that's why my voice is struggling today. And man, I literally belted it out. And uh, got a lot of teenagers laughing and stuff, but I didn't get the $10 gift card. I was very disappointed. <laughs> but I do. When I go to youth conferences and stuff, I get around teenagers, I start acting weird myself. Okay? And so, you know, he's seen these young people and he's seen the way they're all acting. He's seen them acting like idiots. And he's simple ones. It was it was a judgment call, and he, and he obviously was right. He saw the things they were doing, and so it was very clear from looking at them that they're simple. They were, and he notices one a young man void of understanding. Why did he say that? He sees where he's going. He sees what he's about to do. If you see a young teenager and he's out with the other group of teenagers, and you see him taking a drink of beer, it's very clear he's void of understanding. You see him lighting up a cigarette. It is very clear he is void of understanding. When I used to go to the detention home and I would talk to these young people that were in there for you know smoking pot or whatever, I mean I used to I, I would try so hard to tell them how bad you know how dangerous this was because I knew other people that were in their twenties who had now grown up, who had now become adults, and were struggling because they couldn't get a job because they had drug things on their record. And I would try to tell them, how this is going to hurt your future. This is going to hurt you when you're an adult, which is only like five or six years from now. Okay, Now, you and I, we talk about five or six years from now. That's not very far away, is it? But when you're a teenager, 
that's forever away. That's a million years from now. Why would I worry about something a million years from now? Well, because you're simple. We know five and six years, it comes real quick. And so we think about these things. Young people, they don't. You know, they have, you know, a lot of people talk about how a lot of our, uh, you know, laws are kind of hypocritical, you know, like with alcohol. You know, you have to be 21. Why is it okay for a 21 year old to drink alcohol and not a 20 year old? You know, why is it okay for, you have to be 18 or 21 to smoke? I think, it's, I think, is it 18? It'd be 18. You know, why can't 18 or 17? And the truth is, nobody ought to do any of that stuff. Okay? I agree. However, if they are going to make it legal, they do need to have that. You know why? Because young people, because they're simple, they don't realize when you just go crazy drinking that it can kill you. Okay? Young people die all the time of alcohol poisoning. Okay? Young, have you ever watched young people eat? Okay? Young people, they will just go and they will pig out on junk food. And I remember I went to youth conference one year and we took a bunch of teenagers and they all want to stop at Walmart to buy snacks and stuff and like all of them came out with 24 packs of Pepsi and Mountain Dew. And they drank it during that week. Okay, you shouldn't drink 24 sodas in one week. And and not only that, every meal they offered sodas and water and they would they would all take the soda every time. Soda, soda. And they they drank so much soda that week it wasn't funny. You go in their room, there's soda cans everywhere. And then they went home and they were sick. Why? Because they were dehydrated. You know, you you can't stay hydrated just from drinking soda. I know you know, you, you know young people they think that's you know, like liquid, and it's like drinking water, but it's not. It's not the same thing, and they all got sick from it. And, you know, and we thought, man, they're stupid, they're foolish. But you know what? Now, I don't think they would do that again. You see, adults, we all know what we can eat and what we can drink and how it will affect us, right? Okay, I mean, you know, all of us, we have things that we like to eat, but we know how to be careful, don't we? I remember when I was young, I used to go to a buffet. I was like, man, I'm at an all-you-can-eat buffet, and I took the all-you-can-eat as a challenge, and I I was going to eat a lot, and I would, and you know what? I always would regret it later too. And as you get older, you start to learn, and you learn how to be, you know, eat and drink in moderation, <laughs> and all that stuff. Young people, they don't. They don't know that. I remember when I was at Camp Joy, we had a bunch of teenagers. It was the last night, and they wanted to have what we called a chugathon. They wanted to have a contest to see who could drink the most soda. And there was this one kid that drank like eight or nine sodas, combination of Pepsi and Mountain Dew. And he had a horrible, horrible night. He couldn't sleep. He kept getting. He had to keep getting up and going to the bathroom. That is a terrible thing to do. And you know, adults, we wouldn't do that, would we? If I said, hey, you know what, next Sunday night, we're going to have a chug-a-thon just for fun. I'm looking for participants. Now, the kids say, hey, I'm in, I'm in. The adults, we're not doing that. Why? We know what happens when you do those things. We have wisdom. We have some experience. We know you shouldn't drink eight or nine sodas at once, that you will regret it. Young people, they don't know that. And so Solomon, he sees and he behold, held among the simple ones a man void of understanding. It's clear looking at this person's behavior, he doesn't know what's going on. He's passing through the street near her corner. 
And he went the way to her house. Why would he go by this woman's house? Why would he do it? Because he's void of understanding. He's simple. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night, there's some places you don't go at night. There's some places at certain times of day you don't go there. And beheld there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot, subtle of heart. Okay? And notice so uh notice this here too now. Once again, we have been taught to be so politically correct anymore, we've conditioned ourselves to not notice things that are completely obvious. Okay? And notice how he sees this woman, Solomon, and he knows she's a harlot. Well, how did he know she was a harlot? He saw her attire. There met him a woman with the attire of a harlot. It was very clear by how this woman was dressed that she was bad news. It was very clear by how this woman was dressed, this young person shouldn't be around her. Solomon, he'd been around long enough. He'd seen what women dressed like this do. He'd seen what women like that were dressed like this were capable of. This young man, though, all he could just see is a good-looking woman. And he... And you know what? We're not supposed to notice those things. We're not supposed to judge people based on the way they're dressed. God sees the heart. You know, you're not supposed to look at that. No, you can... You can tell a lot about the way somebody dresses and how they look. You know, and so we've all been taught if you're on an airplane and you see somebody dressed up in Muslim clothes, you're not supposed to get nervous. You know, you're not supposed to look at them funny. You know, that's that's not right. That that's racist. And you know, but at the same time, there are some things that it ought to be red flags for us. And here is a woman with the attire of a harlot. Oh, it doesn't matter how they dress. What's important is how they are on the inside. Well, here's the thing. How a person is on the inside a lot of times shows on the outside, doesn't it? And there was a reason she was dressed like a harlot. She was up to no good. She was about to do something that was really bad. And we've got to learn to see these things. Now, young people that are simple, they don't know. They're they're not going to see. They might not notice these little warning signs. They're simple concerning that thing. Even when I was an adult, I was out visiting one time. And I saw these two boys that were from our bus route. Uh, they used to go, but they had moved away and they were back in town. I saw them and I went and was talking to them and they were with uh, another fellow who was quite a bit older than they were. He was probably about 19 or 20 years old. And, and he was a black fellow and he was dressed in all white and he was wearing a necklace with an AK-47 on there. And uh, you know, we went and talked to him. I was like, hey, I, you know, wh- what's your name? And he said, Snowman. <laughs> and I just, I just kind of laughed. I was like, oh, snowman. <laughs> you know, and, and I thought, okay, whatever. You know, And we, we talked for a little bit and went our way. Well, the guy that was with me who had a little more experience in life and in certain with certain groups, I guess you could say, he was, <laughs> he was like, you realize who that guy was, don't you? And I was like, no. I was like, <laughs> I was like what was with the name Snowman? And, you know, and he's, like, he's like, that's his dealing name. He's like, it's snowman, you know, and he mentioned a certain drug uh, that's called, and then, you know, hence the all white garb, and hence the uh, AK 47 necklace. And I was like, oh, okay. And then it all made sense after that. I didn't realize I was talking to a drug dealer. I was very simple concerning those things. And uh, I was just like, man, I'm glad some cop didn't see me talking to him or, you know, think that, think that maybe I was buying. And, uh, 
You know, simple. Didn't know. Didn't catch it. You know, next time I see a guy dressed in all white and he's got a name like Snowman or something, I'll, I'll know. You know, and any, but I was always hoping I was going to see him again. If I saw him again, I, I, I was like, hey, I, you're, I remember you, you, Frosty, right? You know, like, oh yeah, Snowman. I, I knew it was something like that. But anyway, um, but this one, it was clear. You know, and some people they are they're good. They can look. They can they can spot people. Because they've they've seen this, they've seen this type of uh, dress, this type of clothing, this type of attitude, and it just comes from experience. And young people, they don't have that. They're not going to notice these things. They're not they're not going to see it. They're, you know, there's people that you can see. I remember, you know, just recently, you know, we saw somebody that was pretty scary looking, and. You know, so I know you're not supposed to judge, but it's it was very clear this woman had done a lot of drugs in her day. And, you know, my kids were kind of talking about, you know, this appearance and kind of had the appearance of a witch. Uh, I'm sorry. And uh, I was like, you know, and witches, they're always known for, you know, stirring the things in the pot and doing all the little potions and things. And I said, that's called drugs. And this woman looks like a witch because like a witch, she's done a lot of drugs. And I know that's stereotyping terrible. And I know that's name calling. But you know what? It's true. And they need to learn how to see these type of things. I want my daughters to know what they're going to look like if they start doing drugs. You know, I want my boys to see, you know, hey, you don't want a girl that's involved in that kind of thing because that's what she's going to end up looking like one of these days. And it ain't pretty. But but, uh, we're taught to not notice these things. But Solomon, he hadn't he hadn't been talked, you know, uh, affected by the PC police, you know, yet, and uh, those groups weren't around back then. And he, hey, she's got the attire of a harlot. This guy clearly is void of understanding. He's going away into her house, and he says, um, you know, he, he describes her a little more. It says she is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. Now is she without? Now in the streets and lieth in wait at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him, and with an impudent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me. This day have I paid my vows. Therefore came I forth to meet thee diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. And then she goes on and she's talking about, she's, she's trying to seduce him. She's telling him all these wonderful things and saying, come with me. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. We're going to have a great time. And this young man who is just simple, okay, he's not, he doesn't have mental problems. He's not an evil person. He is just simple. He hears what she's saying and he, he takes her word for it. And he ends up going and he listens to her. He allows her to force him. Verse 22, He goeth after her straightway as an ox goeth to the slaughter. Or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. Okay, an ox going to the slaughter. Have you ever seen a cow going to a slaughterhouse? He's not usually panicking, is he? He's, he's usually fine. You know, my kids love, we just saw, you know, the Napoleon Dynamite scene where that farmer's standing there and he's got a gun right in the face of the cow, getting ready to shoot the cow in the face, and the cow's just, he's just eating away. Everything's fine. And he doesn't know until the bullet hits his head. It's too late. And the Bible says, till a dart strike through his liver. As a bird hasteth to the snare and knoweth not that it is for his life. These young people that end up many times in these situations, they're not bad people. They're just simple. They're like that cow. They're that dumb. They're, you know, they're that foolish. They're that simple that they're on their way to destruction and they're thrilled to death. That cow, right before he gets killed, if he is eating, 
he is as happy as can be. You know, they will lead them maybe to get him somewhere they want with food. Why? It's and it's so easy. Why? Because they're just they're dumb animals. They're simple and young people. It's not even that they're dumb. It's just they're simple. They don't know. They don't have any experience, and so you know we've got we've got to we've got to protect them. We've got to prepare them for these things. And and then uh, verse oh, I lost my spot. 24, hearken unto me now therefore, O ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths. For she hath cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. Notice, she's cast down many wounded. Let me tell you, there's evil out there trying to seduce our children, trying to get them into trouble. And notice, you know, she's cast down many wounded. They'll go after those who are weak. I mean, they'll go after whoever they can get. But you know what? The world's not only getting the weak. They get strong people too. The strange woman can get strong men too if we're not careful. And we have got to realize as parents that there are evils out there that are trying to get to our children. And many times parents will take comfort in the fact, well, I have good kids. My kids have a good heart. I have nice children. They want to do right. And you know what? Every one of those things may be true, but you need to understand they are also simple. And while things that are crystal clear to you, they might not be crystal clear to them. And so we've got to, we've got to prepare them for it. We've got to let them know that there are things out there that are dangerous. There are warning signs. There are things that we need to look for. We see here in this when it's describing this woman, it talks about how she's you know loud and stubborn. Her feet bite not in her house. We see her how she's aggressively pursuing this young man. You know, my dad always taught me that you know even in nature, if you ever go out in nature and go out in the woods, you know who's usually pursuing the feet, you know. Pursuing the opposite sex, it's the male pursuing the female. Even in nature, it's usually the male pursuing the female. And I was taught, I was always taught, if there is a girl chasing after you, you need to run away from them. You don't want them. That's what I was taught. Now, listen, I know we live in 2016, and you know, girls shouldn't have to wait for the guy to ask them out, and girls should be able to ask the man to marry them. But no. You don't want that girl. You don't want the, you don't want those ones. I was taught those type of things. I was always taught you need to stay away from them. I didn't completely understand it back then, but you know what? I get it now. I've told my boys there are certain types of females. You you stay away from them. You do not want them. There, I, I've I've tried to point out. You know these are warning signs. If they are this way. You go the other way. You know, do not allow them. All oh, that you know, that's mean. That's judgmental. We need to learn how to judge some things. There are dangers out there, and Solomon knew exactly what was going to happen just from looking at this woman. He was able to see her, not even knowing her, to see how she was dressed, see her actions. Look at this young man, seeing his age, watching his behavior, and he knew this guy was dead meat. He sees him walking the way to her house and he's thinking he's in big trouble. He's in big trouble. He hasn't even done anything yet. You know, we get in trouble all the time as pastors when we see people just starting to head a certain direction 
and we you know try warning them, we try to stop them. Hey, you don't you don't want to hang around those friends. You don't want you don't want to get around that group. You don't want to mess around in that type of activity. There's danger there, and we always get looked at. Oh, you know, y'all are being critical. You're being judgmental. You're being controlling. No, we know where that path leads. We've seen it. You know, kids they get all mad at their parents when their parents they feel like they're getting too controlling. But you know, the parents they know where that type of thing leads. They've seen they maybe they've been down that path or they know people that have been down that path. They have experience, and so you have got to you've got to warn them. A wise man is going to look for warning signs, and then they're going to listen to them from other people. Okay. And notice what he said in verse 4. He says, Say unto wisdom, Thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. He's telling them, Listen to my words. They will protect you. There is nothing wrong with a young person going off of someone else's experience. That is called wisdom right there. When you... Learn from other people's mistakes. You know, we're taught today, oh no, you need to have your own experience. You know, you need to go do your own thing. You need to go on your own journey. Here's the, here's the problem. You know, we don't have, none of, nobody has their own journey that they go on. Whatever path that you take in life, there's a zillion other people who've taken that same path. And you know what? That path, it's, it's going to lead you to the same place that led them. And, it would be wise to listen to someone who has been down that road, someone who's gone down that path. You know, wouldn't it be wise? You know, wouldn't it be wise if before a young person did drugs, they went to a rehab facility and talked to some people that are getting cleaned out, seen the way some of these people act? Listen, I've been to some of these places before. I was at a pl- I was at a hospital one time for people having trouble with these things. And I remember there was this guy, he comes walking into the room and it really creeped me out. He was a scary looking dude. And he had this little plastic thing in his hands and he, he kept putting it up to his mouth like he was smoking. And he, he just, he kept doing it. He'd suck on it. And I'm, I'm looking at this thing and it's like some plastic thing. I'm like, it, there was nothing to it. He wasn't doing anything. He wasn't smoking anything. And I was talking to somebody about it, telling them about it. And they, they, that's kind of a... Uh, Forgot what they called it exactly, but some people it kind of helps them to get over it. You know, they are they have such a bad habit. They literally it helps them to just have something between their fingers, like a cigarette, and be putting it to their mouth, even if they're not smoking. It's kind of a step they take into getting over it. And I thought that's pretty sad. You know what? I think everybody who's thinking about smoking ought to go look at that. I think, do you want to be that person? Is that what you want to have? I mean, I, I've talked to the people who... I remember at detention, I'm talking to a boy one time who he looked normal, he talked normal, but when he would tell you things, they made no sense. He would start telling you stories and these stories would go all over the place. And I, I literally, I, I could not repeat a story that he told because my brain could not process what he was saying because it made no sense. And I couldn't figure out if he was messing with me or something was wrong with him because he looked completely normal. And and I almost got mad at him a couple times. Like, you know, if you're just going to mess with me, why don't you leave and let me talk to somebody? But I didn't because I wasn't sure. And I talked to one of the workers afterward and they said, no, he wasn't messing with you. 
He's just fried his brain with the drugs. And you know what? I've spent enough time in detention home. I mean, I, I'm telling you right now, I don't even trust drugs that come from doctors. And I, and I tell you, but young people, my kids, they haven't been to detention home all those hours and hours that I have. They haven't talked to all those different people that I have. They have not seen that. They have not experienced it. They have not worked with some of these people. They, ha- they don't have those experiences. And there, there's nothing wrong with them learning from my stories and learning from the things that I tell them. And you know it, that's, that's wisdom when you do that type of thing. You know, and th- so this young man, he was completely unaware of the consequences. Solomon knew that this was going to lead to death. He knows what he knew. He'd seen enough things in his life. He was able to say, her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. And you know what? A man of understanding will consider their end. Deuteronomy 32.29 says, Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. If they would just think about this, they would be wise. If and young people, they need to do. They need to learn to do that. I mean, older people too. Whatever we do, we need to think: What is the end of this going to be? Where does the end of this path lead? No matter where you try to go in life physically, if you're going to travel somewhere, you usually you know you study a map or you use a GPS or something. You're you're always we're always going off of someone else's experience, aren't we? You're not just going to go drive to Florida tomorrow. And it's like, you know what? I'm just going to go the way I think we should go. I'm not going to pay attention to any signs. I'm not going to look at any maps. My wife, if she tried doing that, she might end up in Michigan. Okay? I mean, it's, it's my, my wife has no sense of direction. A lot of times, you know, we'll be going, you know, we'll, we'll be planning a trip to one place. And she'll be like, hey, would we be able to stop by this other place? Is that on the way? I was like, that's the opposite direction. <laughs> and you can't do that. But you know what? Most of us, we wouldn't be afraid. Maybe you have driven to places like Florida and other states, and you followed a map, didn't you? You know what you were doing? You were going off of somebody else's experience. Somebody else made that map. Somebody else had traveled down that road. Somebody else put those signs up that you followed saying this many miles to the next generation to the next or to your destination you were going off of someone else's experience and you didn't feel like a you didn't feel like a loser doing that did you that's just wise isn't it and wherever it is in life there is nothing that you can do that someone else has not already tried it so you know what you should do before going down that path maybe go talk to some of those people and ask them hey where does this lead and if young people would do that it would save a lot of lives. And truth is, where are they going to learn that from? Well, they're not going to learn it in school. They're not going to learn it from television, which is where everybody's getting all their education today. They're going to learn that from their parents. They're going to learn that from their churches. They're going to learn it from the Word of God. The testimony of the Lord is sure. I've gotten bad directions from people before. Okay? I've gotten bad advice from people before, but the testimony of the Lord is sure making wise is simple. If they follow God's Word, it will not lead them astray. It will lead them in the right path and it will make them wise. Not because now they have experience. You can have wisdom before you have experience if you just have enough wisdom 
to do what the Bible says. That right there proves that you're wise. You could be a young child, and if you're just smart enough to just say, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm going to follow the Bible, that's wisdom right there. If you have just enough uh, understanding to say, you know what, I have no clue why my parents tell me to do this or not to do this, but I'm going to obey my parents, according to the Bible, you have wisdom. And so as parents, we need to help our young people and understand they might be good, they might be sweet, they might be precious, they might be well-meaning, but they're simple. And there's nothing wrong with that. And so let's protect them. Let's saturate them with the Word of God. Let's talk with them. Let's you know, share our, uh, you know, our experience with them. Let's show them things in life. Talk about them all the time and it will... It will save their, it can literally save their life. So, with that, let's all stand together.